This is the worst attack on Israel since the Yom Kippur War in 1973, 50 years ago. But there's a big difference. That was a conventional war between countries, between armies. This, a massive terrorist attack on Israeli civilians. Indiscriminate firing of rockets against uh, civilians, thousands of rockets. Men and women and children dragged across the border uh, into, into Gaza, including a Holocaust survivor in a wheelchair. Uh, people gunned down in the streets, civilians. So you can imagine the impact this is having on Israel, and it should be uh, something that uh, revolts the entire world. Uh, right now, uh, what we're seeing is relative calm throughout most of Israel, but uh, intense uh, fighting continuing to go on in the Gaza area. Uh, we immediately uh, reached out, uh, President Biden reached out to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, spoke to him on the phone early yesterday. Uh, I spoke to the Israeli President uh, Herzog, to uh, the Foreign Minister Eli Cohen. We've been on the phones uh, throughout our government over the last 24 hours, engaging everyone in the region and, and well beyond, yeah. uh, both to make sure that there is support for Israel and that every country is using every effort uh, to um, pull Hamas back and to prevent this from escalating. Well, how concerned are you about that last point that you made, that this will escalate beyond what's happening uh, in Israel and in Gaza? Well, our first focus is to make sure that Israel has what it needs to deal with the, with the situation in Gaza, to deal with the some thousand militants who came into Israel, again, attacking Israeli civilians in their homes, in their towns. They, as of now, seem to have been pushed back, uh, for the most part, into, uh, into Gaza. But we want to make sure that Israel has what it needs. At the same time, President Biden was very clear in sending a message to anyone in any other area who might try to take advantage of the situation not to. Uh, and whether that's uh, in the north uh, with um, uh, Hezbollah and uh, Lebanon, whether it's uh, in the West Bank uh, or whether it's elsewhere. Uh, we've sent that message very clearly, and we've sent it directly, and we've sent it through uh, other countries. When you spoke with uh, your counterpart in Israel, when the president spoke with the prime minister, did they ask specifically for help from the U.S.? So we, as you know, Dana, provide significant assistance to, uh, to the Israelis. We have, ever since then-President Obama mm -hmm. signed a, a memorandum of understanding with Israel to provide $3.8 billion a year in military assistance. Uh, we, are, we are looking at specific uh, additional requests that the Israelis have made. I think uh, you're likely to hear more about that later today. Can you give us a preview? <laughs> uh, let me not get ahead of it, but again, we're, we want to make sure that we, uh, President Biden's direction was to make sure that we're providing Israel everything it needs in this moment to deal with the uh, attacks from, uh, from Hamas. And as I said, I would expect that there'll be more on that later today. Before I move on, I just want to ask about any Americans who are in Israel. Is there any indication that Americans were either killed or kidnapped by terrorists? Yes, we have uh, reports that several Americans uh, were, were killed. We're working overtime to verify that. Uh, at the same time, there are reports of missing Americans, and there again, uh, we're working to verify those reports. Uh, it does seem like this very coordinated attack came out of nowhere. Uh, I want our viewers to listen to what the U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said just nine days ago. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program, the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors 
going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. That obviously has changed dramatically, not just for Jake Sullivan, but for all of you. And this isn't specifically about anything that Jake missed, but more broadly about the intelligence failure, not just by the Israelis, but the U.S. What can you say about that? Well, two things, Donna. First, what Jake Sullivan said was right. If you look at uh, the relationship among countries in the Middle East, um, you saw, uh, with a lot of work by the United States, countries coming together, the region integrating, um, hostilities diminishing. And we've been very engaged in pursuing, for example, normalization between Israel and its neighbors, uh, building on what's already been done, mm -hmm. uh, including with uh, Saudi Arabia and other conflicts, like uh, the conflict in Yemen, where we've had a truce now for uh, almost two years, uh, have made a huge difference. What happened uh, over the last 24 hours it doesn't go to state-to-state -state conflict, where Jake is exactly right. Uh, it's, it's diminished. Uh, this goes to a terrorist attack by a terrorist organization. At the same time, we have been intensely focused on, uh, on tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. That's why we brought them together mm -hmm. in Sharm el-Sheikh and Aqaba to try to get both sides not to engage in, in acts that could precipitate um, hostilities, violence. And um, that, unfortunately, does not include Hamas because it's a terrorist organization. And it took action, uh, as we've seen over the last 24 hours, uh, that uh, has had uh, a, a terrible impact. But that's uh, what's, what, what was going on. In terms of the um, intelligence, uh, there'll be plenty of time in uh, uh, days to come to look and see what anyone uh, missed, what, might have, what we could have done better right now. The focus is on, on helping Israel, making sure that it has what it needs to deal with this attack. Understand. The U.S., you mentioned Saudi Arabia. I wanted to ask you about that because the U.S., your administration, has been working to help craft a normalization deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Mm. Do you think that this attack was in part to disrupt that, and could that be successful? Uh, certainly that could have been part of the motivation. Look... Uh, who opposes normalization? Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran. So it wouldn't be a surprise that part of the motivation may have been to disrupt efforts to uh, bring uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, Israel uh, together, along with other countries that uh, may be uh, interested in normalizing relations with Israel. So that's certainly a, certainly a factor. And I think it speaks to the fact that if we could achieve normalization, which is incredibly difficult, there are a lot of hard issues to work through, but if we could achieve it, um, it would bring even greater it would bring greater stability to the region. It would move the, the region away from decades of turmoil, decades of conflict. At the same time, what we've been very clear about, and others have been very clear about, is normalization cannot be a substitute for uh, Israelis and Palestinians resolving their differences. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, it ought to be able to, to reinforce it, uh, to strengthen it. So there's, there, there are really two paths for the, uh, for the region. Uh, one is a path of uh, much greater integration, much greater stability, and a resolution of um, the challenges uh, between Israelis and Palestinians, Sorry. including equal measures of democracy, of opportunity, of justice, uh, and dignity for both Israelis and Palestinians, or the path that Hamas is engaged in, a path of terror, of wreaking havoc in people's lives, and of doing nothing to better the lives of Palestinians. On the contrary, every action that Hamas has taken is only making it worse for Palestinians as well as Israelis. Secretary Blinken, do you have evidence that Iran directed this attack? 
There's a long relationship between Iran and Hamas. In fact, Hamas wouldn't be around uh, in the way that it is without the support that it's received from Iran over the years. In this specific instance, uh, we have not yet seen uh, evidence that Iran directed or was behind this particular attack, but uh, there's certainly a long relationship. It's one of the reasons why we have been resolutely uh, taking action against Iran and its support for terrorists and terrorist proxies uh, and other groups over the, uh, the last few years of this administration. Uh, we've sanctioned more than 400 Iranian individuals and, and, and entities precisely because of their support for things like Hamas. While we're talking about Iran, I just have to uh, ask you to, if you want to respond to what we're hearing from Republicans who are over and over uh, since this happened, using the word appeasement when it comes to Iran and your administration, they criticized the decision to unfreeze $6 billion in Iranian funds. I know and want to state that that money, according to your administration, has not yet been unfrozen. Iran does not yet have it. Um, but the accusation is that Iran's posture, excuse me, the, that the U.S., your administration's posture towards Iran has helped contribute to this. I want to get you, give you a chance to respond. Well, there are two things here. First, with regard to the, uh, the funds that you mentioned um, that um, uh, were released to or were made available to Iran for humanitarian purposes uh, as part of uh, getting Americans back who are being held and detained in Iran. Let's be very clear about this. And it's deeply unfortunate that some are playing politics when so many lives have been lost and Israel remains under attack. The facts are these. No U.S. Uh, taxpayer dollars were involved. These were Iranian resources uh, that uh, Iran had accumulated from the sale of its oil uh, that were stuck in a bank in South Korea. They have had from day one, under our law, under our sanctions, the right to use these monies for humanitarian purposes. They were moved from one account uh, to another in another country to facilitate that use. As of now, not a single uh, uh, dollar has been spent uh, from that account. And again, uh, the account is closely regulated by the U.S. Treasury Department, so it can only be used for things like food, medicine, uh, medical equipment. That's what this is about. And by the way, the previous administration set up a very similar mechanism to enable Iran to use um, its oil proceeds that were blocked in various places or stuck in various places for humanitarian purposes. So people are either misinformed or they're misinforming. And either way, it's wrong. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about the United Nations saying that they have detected rockets coming from Lebanon toward Israel and that Hezbollah is claiming responsibility. Have you seen intelligence uh, that Hezbollah is contemplating a more fulsome attack in the north of Israel and perhaps maybe would even so, get help from groups like the Taliban or Iran, as we've been talking about? Well, one of the reasons President Biden was very clear from uh, the very first moments that uh, no one uh, elsewhere should try to take advantage of this situation uh, is precisely to do everything we can to ensure that uh, there's not another front in this conflict, including Hezbollah and Lebanon. Uh, we saw some limited uh, firing of, uh, of missiles by uh, coming from, from Lebanon toward Israel. That seems uh, for now to have stopped. The Israelis responded um, immediately. Uh, and as of now, uh, that's quiet, but it's something we're watching very carefully.